2024. We came, we saw, we conquered yesterday at uh, Deeks in Stoughton. Thanks to everyone that came out. We had an absolute blast. And then the Badgers would go on to uh, lose in the ReliaQuest Bowl. Uh, but at the end of the day, I kind of feel like the SEC now. Who cares for this bowl game? As this bowl season has been, again, who cares? As the games that actually mattered, you saw them last night. As Michigan beats Alabama in a wild one in overtime to punch their ticket to the championship game. That was one hell of an exciting game. And then you had Washington taking down Texas in another exciting game. Uh, Two games that actually mattered with things on the line. As your national championship is set, Michigan versus Washington for all the marbles. Rowdy, good time yesterday at Deeks and Stoughton. I was blasted. Yeah, and speaking of that Badger Bowl game, outside of the college football playoff, because I, I feel like at this point, it's the college football playoff, all other bowl games. Yeah. For all other bowl games category, the Wisconsin-LSU game might have been one of the more exciting bowl games of the bowl season. Yeah, and probably the most exciting performance from Tanner Mordecai. That dude, Mordecai was balling, especially in the first half. My God. I think... The Wisconsin Badgers scoring 31 points. Tanner Mordecai putting up the offense, the the numbers that he did. I think that was the type of um, air raid offense that Badger fans were hoping for. Had to wait all season. Yeah, since September. They had to wait till the final meaningless game of the season. Uh, Because at the end of the day, I mean, Rowdy was uh, talking off air. Rowdy, what did you say about the ReliaQuest Bowl and the Badgers' loss, Uh, comparing it to you know maybe about five years ago if you were to watch something like that? Yeah, if you were to play on a New Year's day bowl like pre-covid and you were to tell me that uh wisconsin would be playing on new year's day bowl and it would be an exciting game and they would lose you know like on a last second drive towards the end i'd probably be like man that's really really sucks yeah be heartbroken you yeah new year's day bowl you're like man this is a huge bowl game they're a good team they're playing against another good team and especially if you were to say like it was an lsu team you'd probably be like man that just stinks I really have like, eh, I don't care. Eh, yeah, I don't, I don't care. It was a good game. I guess entertaining. Yeah, the 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 Badgers unfortunately lost, but eh. who cares? Like, I don't care. Like, it was an entertaining game. I just don't care. Like, a bunch of these players are. I mean, you're gonna see some of them, I guess, next year. You're not gonna see Tanner Mordecai. I mean, that's not happening. You know, a lot of the guys that you saw this year are either in the transfer portal or you know in the NFL draft, so they're not playing. Um, who cares? Like. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, and it, like we 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 ran into um, it's been all bowl season though. Don't some care. Some Iowa fans, yeah, that were listeners of the show. They're obviously they live in Wisconsin, but uh, had some family ties, and I think did you say used to live in Iowa? So, yeah, something like that. But they were Iowa Hawkeye fans, so they were cheering for the Badgers to beat LSU and for Iowa to beat Tennessee. Like the Badgers game was actually entertaining to watch. Yeah. Tennessee just slapped Iowa thirty-five to nothing. Deacon like, Hill got benched too. Like that's not <laughs> that's not a game that I'm interested in watching. If I'm an Iowa Hawkeyes fan, even if it is bowl season and that's the game, thirty-five nothing. Yeah, imagine in a meaningless game where Joe Milton, the opposing quarterback for Tennessee, is sitting, yeah. and Tennessee has a number of players not playing. I know Iowa does as well. But uh, being Deacon Hill, you get benched in a meaningless bowl game. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of LOL. Does that hurt though? If you're Deacon Hill, does it does it matter? Like at the end of the day, you're like I'm in a meaningless bowl game. Does it matter if I get benched in this game? I feel like I would care <laughs> if I was Deacon Hill. Like, Same. It's it's a meaningless bowl game. Yeah, we're struggling, but 
we don't have like really any other quarterback. Spencer Petras <laughs> put himself in the portal. Remember, he was the starter at yeah. Iowa the last couple of years. You had Cade McNamara, who obviously was hurt this season. And then it's Deacon Hill. I believe the other uh, backup quarterback the last couple of years transferred out before the year. So, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're Deacon Hill, you're like, this is my time to shine. This is my time <laughs> to play. And I'm getting benched in a bowl game uh, back to the Badgers though. A couple of things. I mean, more evidence, but Rowdy, you talking about uh, how bad that the, um, the refereeing was through this bowl season. I mean, there was two calls against the Badgers uh, for LSU that were just complete absurdity. Like for the first one, the wide receiver was clearly out of bounds when he caught the ball and they caught, like they call it a catch. I was like, the, like you can go see the replay. It's the, the, the dude's out of bounds. So the refereeing again, another question again, whatever. And then for the first time this season, how about this? The first time this season, not only did the air raid get all going, Tanner Mordecai, you know, get it done, but Will Pauling and Bryson Green, those were the first two 100-yard receiving performances of the season for Wisconsin. <laughs> it took till game 13. <laughs> it took till the ReliQuest Bowl of <laughs> to, to Wisconsin and this, quote, air raid offense to get two receivers over 100 yards in a game. As Will Pauling, eight catches for 143 yards and two touchdowns. Bryson Green, seven catches for 105 yards and one touchdown. Wow. I think as Badger fans, now we at least see that this air raid score 31 against LSU. This is what it's supposed to look like. Hopefully it looks something similar come September. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because if it doesn't, uh, we could be in for another longer and less exciting season. And Mordecai had the first 300-yard game by a Badgers passer since September of 2019. They say this Jack Cone. Yeah. They say it offers a glimpse of the direction the offense is headed next season when Tyler Van Dyke comes to uh, Wisconsin after transferring from Miami. I don't know how Man, much there's a lot of people that are hating Tyler Van Dyke, by the way. <laughs> Why? Well, I'm saying just like the guys a lot of from Wisconsin fans, Wisconsin fans yeah, oh, on yeah, Twitter, yeah. not a fan of Tyler Van Dyke, even though I would say 99% of them have never seen him play. I, I just, are they jaded because of the quote air raid offense and Phil Longo? I don't know. Like how much stock can you put in on ESPN? It suggests that Mordecai having his first one, 300 yard game for the Badgers since 2019. It offers a glimpse to the direction of the offense. I kind of feel bad for your Tyler Van Dyke, because if years were reversed and he would have been the transfer quarterback last season coming into the year. Yeah. Oh, people would have been excited. <laughs> he was a four-star recruit, top 300 recruit, had a really good freshman year at Miami and then would have been coupling, uh, coming off of a, a struggling sophomore year where there was a lot of uh, turmoil in the program. Everyone would have said, you know, if this was last year, oh, Van Dyke had a great freshman year. You know, Miami, that program, it's just it's just not right right now. He needed to get out of there. This is going to be a perfect change in scenery. He's, you know, somewhat athletic. He can throw the football really well, blah, blah, blah. He would have been a, a great pickup last year by 98% of those same Wisconsin fans that are saying, eh, this is a dud oh, this yeah. year. They would have been bu buying Van Dyke jerseys left and right around him. And uh, loving it. Well, now, I think people just, we talked about this yesterday at, at Deeks. Does Luke Fickle have to win the program back over uh, this coming year with, you know, the offense and the transfers and, you know, not losing to the likes of Northwestern or Indiana, et cetera, et cetera? I don't know if I would say that Luke Fickle would have to win the program back over, but I think if they have like another five and seven type season, 
or sorry, seven and five type season, or obviously they they finished seven and six with the bowl game. Yeah. I think he could maybe start to lose the fan base. Yeah. I mean, he's lost some, but I mean, those are just the really, when I say fickle, I don't mean Luke fickle, but the fickle mob of like, oh, we should have had Jim Leonard. Ah, Jim Leonard does. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's there's a learning curve, and you know you, you got to go back to the transfer portal and get some guys in. And they had their best what national signing day they've ever had, or second best they've ever had. So there's 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 hope on the horizon. It's just then you go and watch like you know Michigan and Alabama. Do you think Wisconsin could ever repeat compete rowdy with the Michigans and the Alabamas? But by the way, Alabama's on the schedule next year. Well, in you know combat sports, they say there's levels to this game. Yeah. Um, there's levels to this game when it comes to Wisconsin versus Alabama and Michigan and Texas. <laughs> yeah, and Washington, by the way, coming into the Big Ten uh, as well. So, yeah. I don't know, those are some good games. The ones that mattered, those were, those were like, you know, edge of your seat watching. Oh, how about? Can't, can't miss television. How about that Texas-Washington game? And my goodness, do they need to... Uh, Shorten those games or adjust the times, dude. Because that game went on until like eleven thirty. I did not stay up for it. I'm, I'm like this. The the big time college football games. How long do you think that took? Like how how long? Because I went to bed. I'm like I'm sleeping. How long did that take? Um, I think it was like close to eleven thirty when it got over. Jeez. It started at I think was it eight. Uh, three, uh, three and a half hours. Okay, it's probably about three and a half hours. But my God, like some of the games, is just like let's let's because the champ the championship game coming up. Uh, what next? What on the eighth? Monday on Monday. That's gonna be like four hours. Like you're, you're gonna be in it for a long time. Like my God, can this just get over already? But I mean, those are always longer. Yeah. That's the Super Bowl is always longer because you have your halftime performances and you have all the pre and the post game stuff. Yeah. Same thing with the national championship. But, yeah, college football, weirdly enough, for how many people say that they're so bored at a Major League Baseball game, <laughs> college football is the longest game. It, yeah, it is. And, I mean, there is not a lot of action. If you break it down, like you're subjected to the most is commercials, uh, replays, and people standing around. So, Like, I believe the average NFL game is just under three hours. Your average college football game is like three and a half hours. Remember yeah. when the uh, Major League Baseball said that they had a problem with their speed of the game, and that was when games were averaging like roughly, was it three hours and yeah. ten minutes or whatever it was? Yeah. Even though, yes, technically it was shorter than college football games. Average NFL game. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it, yeah, the average NFL game of the year from 2022, three hours and 15 minutes is your average NFL game, uh, according to... Uh, Google right here, average college football game. Yeah, it's like over three and a half hours. It's got to be. Oh, three hours and 22 minutes from 2023. So there's your average one. But And then Major League Baseball is like, what, right? Three hours, like five minutes? It used like to be like three hours and 10 minutes. And then the, the pitching clock, I think they no, got two it. Two hours and, four, two hours and say, 40 minutes. It was like 245. Yeah. All right, we'll uh, also get into the Packers momentarily. What a big old win. And then... Uh, we didn't mention, obviously, NBA, but um, the NBA games, the real game takes about five minutes. Yeah. And it's the end <laughs> it's of the fourth game. quarter. <laughs> yes. NBA average. That life. can be extended if it's close with timeouts. Because we uh, know how that the uh, foul and chase in basketball is with timeouts. <laughs> two and a half hours, allegedly, in 2022 is an NBA game. But, yeah, the last the last 30 seconds of the fourth quarter is like an hour long. 
Hey, line one, good morning. Who's this? Yo, happy new year. First phone call of 2024. Kinger. What's up, Rory? Yo, just want to start off, you know, new year, right? <clears throat> um, you know, a little disappointed in the Badgers that they didn't get the dub. But to be honest, was LSU really trying? <sighs> Were the Badgers really I, trying? Yeah, I mean, I think both I, teams that could be said about. Yeah. But, it, you know, a little promising with the air raid, finally, right? Sure. Sirens were going off. Sure. Um, but, yeah, let's be honest. Bowl season isn't what it used to be. Nope. You know, it's all about the college football playoffs, and thankfully they're expanding. <laughs> and yeah, more, more how, games to care about now, Rory. You're right. Right? Yeah. And, I mean, how there's some irony here. When the, the first year of the college football playoffs, you had a Big Ten Pac-12 team playing for the national championship. Now the final year of the four-team college football playoffs, same thing. So, and... It all comes full circle, Kinger. In in the end, a Big Ten team will win. In the end, way. like Lincoln Park? <laughs> and it is 2024, yeah. so... Yeah, um, you're right. Both of those teams... That could potentially be your so, Big Ten championship game. Yeah, Big Ten wins next, no matter what. Technically in fall of 2024. That's a good point. So, Rory bringing some good points. You, I know you, uh, before the 2023 was over, you said you wanted to make a run at Caller of the Year in 2024. I'll say right now, Kinger, you are the front runner. You are in the lead. Yeah, I can only uh, go uh, downhill from here with that. Also, you're all the only caller so far in 2024. So, I mean, there's that also. So keep that in mind. Let's not get technical now. <laughs> Did you have a good New Year's, dude? Oh, yeah, for the most part. I mean, especially watching the Packers manhandle the Vikings. Hell, yeah. You and the kiddos stay up till again, midnight? Yeah, they they stayed up, but basically they passed out once midnight, rolled off, and then I was able to relax a little bit. Little boy. But, yeah, again, same thing. How 2023 started, Packers beat the living crap out of the Vikings. Yes, sir. December 31st, same thing. But here's deja vu all over again. <laughs> when and we're in. Yeah, but this time it's when not against the Lions, against the freaking Bears, you know? And I, I mean, yeah, I know it's the Bears who we've been manhandling for the past, you know, decade plus. But I'm not, I'm not holding my breath. I'm not saying any guarantees because of what happened last year. I'm just. Do you feel like but, karma's a bitch? Could be karma. Oh, you know it. I mean, we, we spanked the Bears for decades and decades. Now could karma spank us? Because you know what's going to happen. If and if somehow in the miracle the Bears come into Lambeau and Justin Fields just is a shining star, everyone better be throwing their nachos at Joe Barry. <laughs> Get up to the box and, and start rifling at him. And just be, just thank God he'll be gone. But yeah. you sleepy know, Joe Barry, down, you, know? you know, deep down inside, if he can pitch a perfect game, you know he's coming back mm. for the 2023, uh, 2024 season. You know it's going to happen. It doesn't matter what happens in the playoffs. They're going to offer him a one-year deal. Mm. Don't you put that evil on us, King. You're just mixing it up. You're just mixing it up on the first call of 2024, Rory. I get it. Mixing it up. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. That's just deep downside. But it's Bears week. 
Let's focus and get her done. <laughs> Rory, front runner for 2024 Caller of the Year. Well done, brother. Well done. Adios, muchachos. See you, buddy. Oh, Rory, Kinger. What? Tell everyone your bets, your, your, your new thing in 2024. Oh, How did that start for you, by the way? I can only go up from there. <laughs> What's it called? Tell the folks. Oh, the, the Kinger's Monty? Yeah, I like that. I like that name. The Kinger's yeah, Monty. Uh, at the you King either, RXX. You can either follow or turn your back. At the moment, you're better off turning your back. <laughs> hey, you can only go up. So we love you. Yep. See you, see you, see you. Adios, muchachos. See you. Uh, he can only go down now for caller of the year because he's the first caller and set the tone. And he can only go up now for the uh, King's Monty as... I guess he didn't do too hot. No, I saw the tweet. Oh, did you? Uh, Kings Monty went 0-6 yesterday. Oh, no. I, I saw the tweet of him debuting what he was going to do. I didn't see the follow-up of how the bets went. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it Rory. It wasn't the greatest debut. Oh, you certainly can only go up from here. Uh, it was like an Aaron Ashby debut oh. against the What was that, against the Cubs? Sorry, or, Kinger. Yes. The Indians, one of the That's two. That's tough. I lied, too. Good morning. Uh, you guys won't oh, take any... You guys weren't taking any calls yesterday, but, and, you know, I wanted to call in because I, I wanted to wish Dave from Monona a happy Kwanzaa, but I didn't get a chance. <laughs> so anyway, for, I, I'm going to say for uh, 2024, yeah, that's funny. Dave, happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> and the, the guy who called before just, you know, I mean, he really stole my thunder, and I got up early so that I could, you know, because I wanted to call and say the best thing about the, the Packers winning was I didn't have to listen for the next week to everybody whining about Joe Barry being responsible for every bad thing in history that's ever happened, like, you know, the the sinking of the Titanic and, and 9-11 and, uh, you know, everything's his fault. And it wasn't going to have to hear that. And what what is the first caller of the year complain about? You know the Bears losing. I mean, it hasn't. Even, you know, it hasn't <laughs> even happened yet. And it's, even even if the score is three to nothing, it's going to be Joe Barry's fault. Well, yeah. I mean, Pete is public enemy number one. Was it a Joe Barry revenge game though against the Vikings? How about jo- they cut the Joe Barry up like countless times on the broadcast? Uh, here is Joe Barry, and he was dialed in up there, Pete. But again, Jaron Hall was complete trash, and the Vikings were idiots for starting him. But I don't know. I don't know, Pete. People want people want blood for Joe Barry. I also heard he was uh, in the books depository too when JFK was assassinated. Yeah, he was. Yeah, actually, yeah, he was on the grassy right. knoll. He was on the grassy he knoll. Was. Sorry. So, I, well, it's a, oh, he's responsible for Pearl Harbor. Yep. Uh, what uh, else here? The <laughs> New Year's Eve, I went to Milwaukee to uh, they because it brings in a big crowd. The Milwaukee Symphony plays Ooh, uh, a lot of. They show movies and then play the score live of movies because nice. that's you know that's that's when they get their biggest attendance. Yeah. And so it, it was uh, Back to the Future, oh, which cool. is a great movie. Yeah, awesome movie. And to hear live music. But I was thinking about, you know, uh, people, well, basically uh, pundits, but especially sports pundits who, who all own DeLorean time machines because, <laughs> you know, that's what I was thinking about when I was watching a movie. So, so one more time, Dave. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> Pete, you the man. Pete, also up there for 2024 Call of the Year already. Well done, Pete. Yep. See you, buddy. Song. Yeah. I don't, Kinger, 
Pete might have just overtook you there. I mean, blaming Joe Barry for the likes of Pearl Harbor, you know, the JFK assassination, we had 9-11 thrown in there. Uh, what else? Probably, he probably started uh, the Hurricane you know, Maria, uh, was that 2017 Hurricane Katrina. He probably did some, something there. He caused it as well. So well done there. Kinger and Pete up there for running of 2024 Caller of the Year. All right. <laughs> well, it is Bear Week, as Kinger says. we got to relive what happened on Sunday uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. I, are the Packers that good or are the Vikings just that big idiots? I just don't understand their decision-making. They're Were they waving the white flag before the game even began? Imagine if you were a Vikings fan. Wow. Imagine being Eric on I-90. Eric, we need to hear from you, buddy. I hope you're not shirtless with Kirk Cousins still, you know, doing the skull chant. Cousins with the chain, without the shirt, for the sensational pregame atmosphere here in Minnesota. Minnesota. There you go. Oh, I thought it went a little longer than that. There you go. Kirk Cousins, shirtless with the gold chain, leading the skull chant. And then what happened? That was a cool moment, okay? Like, as, as funny as it's, it is as an opposing fan, you're like, all right, a little cheese or whatever. But if you're a Vikings fan, it's a cool bring-it-together moment. Get you all fired up uh, when everyone else is doing it in the stadium. It felt like it was going to be rocking. And then what happens? The game starts. And it all falls apart pretty quickly for the Minnesota oh, yeah, Vikings. The death now. Wh- why? It marked the death of the Vikings. Why in the world would you start Jaron Hall in a must-win game? He was terrible. We were talking last week, and I I said I was reading a publication that uh, their line of they were trying to figure out the line of thinking for the Minnesota Vikings with going with Jaron Hall. Prevent turnovers. They thought that. I can't remember the publication. Maybe it's it's probably something I shouldn't read anymore. Where they said Jaron Hall can most you know mirror a Tommy DeVito in the fact that he is mobile and he he can run the football, but he's not maybe necessarily the greatest thrower of the football. And maybe they're gonna try and get you know the the short five ten yard yeah. routes and and get him running the football and, and kind of see if they couldn't run against this horrible Packers rush defense. Well, then we also were talking about the options that they have since Kirk Cousins went down with that Achilles injury. You have Nick Mullins, who's been there, done that as a starter, but, you know, has basically carved out a, a real niche yeah. as a longtime backup. Like a Joshua cap. Dobbs, almost the exact same as Nick Mullins, but to a lesser you know, a lesser ability. He's better when he doesn't know anyone's name on his team. And then there was Jaron Hall, a fifth round pick that I guess the Vikings fans got to see what they have in him. And it's he not sucked. much, but yeah. It, Nick Mullins came on the second half. That's a head, <laughs> That was a head scratcher that they wouldn't go with the best quarterback in a must win game. And his name was Nick Mullins. I mean, did, did Jaron Hall even get it past midfield? Like in his first half, I think maybe one time. I, I know we want to rip Jaron Hall, and rightfully so. He looked awful. He looked like a deer in the headlight. Kevin O'Connell and been putting up the fail. Um, Kevin O'Connell and some of the play calling early on, the the Packers had just gone down, kicked a field goal to take that three nothing lead. They kick it back to the Vikings, and they have third and one with a rookie quarterback, <laughs> and this crappy Packers run defense. And you didn't run the football? No. You threw the ball threw the down ball. the field like got 15 yards? Tipped up in the air and what? Ballantyne what? picked it off. What are you doing? 
Like, I just that's, that doesn't even make sense. And then it set up the Packers for Jordan Love to get his first touchdown pass. He went under a three, also would have a rushing touchdown, and the Packers just waxed that ass of the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> like that game, that was a that was an ass whooping of the Vikings. The Packers came out there and just put it down. It was that was a perfect final last hurrah of 2023 for the Green Bay Packers boys. Just a few weeks ago. People were saying about lose out, we stink, we're terrible, get a better draft pick. Let's just bomb the rest of these games for draft position. Now look at the Packers. They win and they're in the playoffs and they're playing pretty good football right now. Okay, or are they? Or the Vikings just that bad? It's like the, it's like week one against the Bears. Were the Packers that good or the Bears that bad? Now it's were the Packers that good or the Vikings that bad? I think looking at this game, Packers you just you just look at what the Vikings have done here recently. Like they were t- they were talking about when they scored that touchdown. It was the first touchdown that they had scored pre the Raider game, which by the way was like three four weeks ago. It was like, man, this is this is tough if you're a Minnesota Viking fans. They're kicking a lot of field goals, and they're not scoring a ton of points. Now, when we talked the same way after the Bears week one, were the Bears good or bad? I think it was just the Bears were bad. The defense wasn't very good for the Bears. Um, you had a lot of feeling out process on their offense and Justin Fields, blah, blah, blah. But I think looking back on it now, the Bears are – uh, right now, the Bears are clearly, in my mind, a much better team than the Minnesota Vikings. Oh yeah, big time! And now uh, it is Bears Week. Now we still got to, you know, RJ, you you kind of said you thought the Vikings were losing, trying to lose that game, or was that a little sarcastic? No, I just said if unless they were trying to lose. Oh yeah, my God, so. like that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Jordan Love, one of his finest games of the year, dude. Yeah, uh, twenty-four thirty-three, two hundred and fifty-six yards. You know, three touchdowns, one rushing. The dude was just on fire. I mean. At this point, are you going to be surprised if sometime during this week you, we learn they signed him to an extension? Well, hey, Rob Reichel suggested it, what, three weeks into the season? I know. No, it's-, well, like, <laughs> it's one of those two, like, now all of a sudden I'm seeing people who are like, uh, well, this is going to be a one-and-done year. All of a sudden they're like, guys, every week we wait. He's becoming more expensive. <laughs> yeah, You're I- the one who didn't even want him. <laughs> Here's well, that's what, how fickle it is in the NFL. Here's the Vikings defense since that 3 nothing win against the Raiders. <laughs> 27 to the Bengals and Jake Browning. 30 to the Lions. 33 to the Packers. That's, that's yeah. an average of 30 points a game the defense has given up in the last three weeks since shutting out the Raiders. Yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah, it was really tough. Yeah, Vikings, you guys are. Uh, well, they're not. They're not officially eliminated. not eliminated. They're not officially eliminated. The Bears are eliminated. Yeah, the Bears were eliminated even with their win. Um, They needed the Vikings and the Packers to tie on Sunday night. Yeah. And then a lot of help next week. Oh, and on the Jordan Love contract, a couple people messaging, you can't do anything until May. So uh, May is when it can come around for the Jordan Love uh, extension coming up here. Yeah, but, uh, dude, so the Bears, the Bears have, they still have a lot to play for, not in a sense of, you know, making the playoffs in the sense of punk and the Green Bay Packers. What DJ Moore a couple of weeks ago said they had something special for the Packers. They have something in store 
for the Packers mm-hmm. in this final game. And uh, it's, it's kind of like last season. Uh, different quarterback play right now, though. But last season, all you had to do was beat the Detroit Lions. You win and you're in the playoffs. And the Lions, uh, before the game, were officially eliminated from the playoffs, if yeah. I remember correctly. Bears are eliminated from the playoffs. And they want to punk the Green Bay Packers yeah. to keep them out of the playoffs. Now, oh, this would totally be a bet on the Packers situation if they were playing like a Cardinals team where there's not a you know division rivalry here. It's just a team that we'll just say they're playing the Cardinals. Cardinals just got eliminated the week before. I would say it would probably be a low point. It's a team that probably is you know already packing their va- bags and getting ready for vacation. But the fact that it's interdivision and it is a rivalry and it's an old rivalry. Like you said with the Lions, I think the Bears are going to be trying to show up on on Sunday. They're not going to be taking this week off. At least I don't think they will be. No, yeah. um, there's 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 a multi, there's a lot of I think there's three other scenarios for the Packers to make the playoffs. But the easiest, the simplest one is you just win and you're in. I yeah. mean that's 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 literally all you got to do. Oh, I know for you a fact if you lose if you lose you're going to need the Saints to lose. Yeah, you you're going to need the Seahawks to lose. You're going to need a lot of teams to lose. Yeah, um, I have the I have all the scenarios right here. We'll we'll we'll, we'll break them down. You know, coming up later in the show. Uh, but back to Sunday. And you don't want to back into the no. postseason at eight and nine, losing to a division rival heading into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It, you can't do it that way. And Roddy, you are right. The Bears are playing better than the Vikings. The Bears, uh, I mean, they have. The Bears, low key, have been pretty good yeah. in the second half of the season. Their defense, number one defensively against the run in football for the entire season. They're giving up less than eighty yards on the ground per game. And then you throw in a a secondary with Johnson and Jackson back there getting healthier the second half of the season. I believe their, um, their defense against the pass is, is roughly middle of the road for the entire year, but it's been better as of late. Yeah. They've been getting after the quarterback much better since they, um, they acquired sweat from the Washington commanders. So, I mean, this team since, about the middle of the season has played much better. Justin Fields looks better. Yep. Their special teams look better. Uh, just in general, we talked about it. I mean, this is a Bears team that's that's seven and nine, and they lost three games in in a stretch where every single one of those games late into the game they had at least a ninety six percent win probability yeah. and they found a way to lose all three of those games, which they said the odds of that was like 0.002% chance. And somehow the bears found a way to lose all three. If they didn't bear find down. a way to lose those games, they're 10 and six, uh, 10 and six right now. Bear down, baby. Like, we're not even talking about the bears. And if they're in the playoffs, we're talking about them being in the playoffs and can they pass the lions on the last week of the season? But you also have the Packers who probably could add three more wins in there too. Well, the, that's, to yep, a couple that's of games. Yep. Remember, and then they're tied with the lions. Remember we were going through this earlier and we're like, okay, there's seven games right now that were all, you know, within one score that could have went either way. And at that point in the season, the Packers were two and five in those seven games. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they could very easily like the the Bears easily could yeah could have a much better record than what they actually do. Also, right now, if you win, you don't have to play Aaron Rodgers and the Jets next year. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. Because if you finish, what was it? If you finish the same, they both finished third. Yeah. So like, then the Jets would have came to Lambeau. If, if it finishes the way it finishes next year, Dolphins, Lions, 
Bills, Packers, Jets, Vikings. So we'll see a preview of Aaron Rodgers' next team. Yep. Um, and <laughs> Patriots, Bears. How crazy, speaking of the playoffs and, and scenarios, how crazy is it in the AFC where it's it's pretty mo- cut and dry with your 9-7 and seven teams in the last spot and mm-hmm. divisions? But the crazy scenario for me was Buffalo. If Buffalo oh, yeah. beats Miami, they will be the number two seed in the AFC, and obviously they would have a home field until they played uh, potentially Baltimore. Yeah, but if the but Bills if would they, have lost, yeah, if they lose, and the the scenario of like the Texans and the and the Colts and those type of teams all win, they're out they're of the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, so from wild. a two seed to out. That's, yeah, it's, the AFC is crazy. Yeah. Uh, NFC symbol for the Packers. Win and you're in. Let's uh, go to the phones quick. Line one, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Kyle. What's going on, brother? Hey, not much. Uh, dude, that was probably the most exciting Packer game I think I watched all season. That was nice, that, wasn't that, it? That, that, it was fun, dude. I mean, I had the family around, and it just – to have fun and, and cut loose and just enjoy an actual Packer football game was good to see. It um, it feels good. It feels really good, especially at the hands of the Vikings. Do you guys know what Skull stands for? I did see a uh, meme that said scoliosis. Yeah, keep, yeah, keep that skull, baby. <laughs> a, little, a little chew? No. <laughs> suck, suck now or later. <laughs> now with a K. Suck now or later. Uh Skull. That's funny, Kyle. <laughs> my my only complaint with the Packers that 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 game was uh, Andres Carlson, dude. How many freaking extra points are you gonna miss this year? I mean, yeah. come on, man. <laughs> you got one job. He'll make one some job. like he'll make you're some long he'll make some long field goal, and then the, the extra uh, point you're like, okay, how did you miss that one? I know. I said that to my but wife I, as I was watching. I'm like, how many? I'm like, I'm like talking to Jen. I'm like, how many is this guy gonna miss this year? She goes. What are you talking about? <laughs> she doesn't what do you pay mean? attention. What are you talking about? She's tuned out. <laughs> Yesterday, dude, Badger game. They got hosed. They got hosed. There's a couple pretty that, terrible that, calls. That guy sitting out of yeah, bounds that, makes that, a catch. Yeah, standing his foot out of bounds making a catch. Yeah, I, and, and they're the setting these receivers up for failure in the NFL because I guarantee you that is not even close to a catch in the NFL. Obviously, you got to have two feet in bounds. But he didn't even have possession of the ball, really, yeah. with the, the one foot in. Yeah. So I don't, I don't get that crap. And then uh, we had a drive rest. where we went down and uh, we kicked a field goal. We had a touchdown right there. That was that long bomb. When he came down, dude, he was on the goal line, and they marked him at, like, the freaking one. Yeah. If you go back and look at that, I, I think he was in. But nonetheless, that was a great game. It's almost better they lose because, you know, then Luke Fickle doesn't get too big of a head and, you know, they go into the off season with things to work on. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. looking up to next year. Yeah, it's it's not a loss that like was really upsetting. Yeah, it's like like I, I don't like know who, how else to kind if of you explain win, it. If you win or lose, it's kind of like a. I don't want to say who cares, but it's you know it's like a. It was like a mundane Brewers Tuesday afternoon game that no one's watching and no one cares about. <laughs> right there, you go. Everyone's <laughs> just drinking and nursing hangovers. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I was nursing one yesterday, I tell you that. Oof, uh, stayed up a little too late on yeah, news. I, Oops. I don't know how you got up and made it to Deke, man, but good for you guys. Willpower, <laughs> the desire to have a Bloody Mary. That's what it was, Kyle, and see my guy Rowdy. <laughs> I was there in spirit. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah, it was, uh, when I was driving there, I was like, this is, uh, 
This is kind of tough right now. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Well, when we got there, it was fun. When we got there, it was fun. Yeah, you, you, we can feel your spirit all around us, Kyle. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, all you, right, well, you guys have a great day. You too, okay? buddy. I'm glad you had a good New Year's. See you, Kyle. All right, the Rely Quest Bowl. Badgers uh, cap their season off with a loss. Probably one of the most entertaining non-playoff bowl games. Yeah. There was a pretty egregious couple calls that went the way of LSU. Like, even the blind, deaf, and dumb knowing that wasn't a catch. I mean, they were clearly out of bounds. Which one? It both. I mean, clearly that, out of bounds. I don't really understand it, it. But The first one immediately led to a touchdown. The other one was a touchdown. Like, I don't, like, yeah, I don't um, get it. I, I don't even get how that one, the one where the dude was sitting out of bounds was even looked at. I don't understand it. I don't get it. That, and then, even, even though all scoring plays are reviewed, they immediately went to the extra point af- after the one in the end zone. I don't. And I, they're like, the, yeah, you can't really tell. The dude's foot's bisecting the the line. Or, or was the was the the ref crew just like in effort mode? They're, they're Pac-12 refs. They're horrible. Or they're just well, like, we don't care. In fairness, RJ, they're going to be out of a job next they year are. because <laughs> they there is it. no more Pac-12. Well, they're going out with a bang. Hopefully, they're not brought in. <laughs> to, hopefully, they're, to they're the not, Big Ten. Hopefully, they're not the specific Pac-2 referees. Yeah, yeah they'll probably be down in the uh, the Big Twelve with those. It's, it's terrible. But anyways, yeah. Mordecai, 300-yard game, first Badger passer since 2019 to do so. But I see Zach's stats in five games where the last five games where they've thrown over 300 yards. They've only won one of them. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> and then you have, for the first time this season, two receivers go for over 100 yards. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, heck, Will Pauling was the first receiver to go over 100 yards. Yeah. He was balling. And then Bryson Green was like, Hey, I'd check like this to out. do that, too. Can I have some more, sir? <laughs> What's crazier, the fact that it took until game 13 for a Wisconsin wide receiver to go over 100 yards receiving in an air raid offense, or the fact that the first Green Bay Packers wide receiver to go over 100 yards receiving this year is Bo Melton. <laughs> that one. It's that one. It's Bo. Um, I, think it's I, do, Bo I do like how the uh, color commentator on the bowl game, though, goes, uh, you can call it the air raid, but it's not because you're using tight ends. <laughs> RJ's like, I've been saying all season this ain't no air raid offense, okay? Okay, can you can you take what happened, the good, in the Rely Quest Bowl for the Badgers and advance it to next season? I think it'll be a little hard. Uh, you're missing the quarterback. No, right. Um, you're missing probably who's going to be your top running backs. Yep. Like, I saw somebody out there, one of the writers for 24-7 or something. It was like, uh, Kate Iacomelli and Jackson Aker have something to say about 2024. And somebody goes, like, let's pump the brakes. Oh, God. And he was like, you took it as they're going to be in Heisman contention. No, I watched an entire season. <laughs> and LSU's rush defense is putrid. And we still had times of we're passing the ball very well let's try to run it when the box is stacked uh at first and goal and all that kind of stuff but i mean here's a here's a couple of tweets from zach 
uh, our sports director, who's uh, flying back from Tampa today. Oh, today? Yeah, he's, he's, he's like, hey, he texted me. I was like, can I do the morning updates? I'm, I'm traveling. I'm like, you can have the morning updates all you want, brother. Yeah. Less for me to do in the morning. I absolutely love it. Well, here's Zach. First, so clearly yeah. the hospitality suite went through last night. Yeah. 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 Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> Zach's actually just fighting off a little food poisoning, too. On um, Probably alcohol poisoning. Well, so I said, was it Thursday? He, I think it was Thursday he messaged me that. I'm like, is it food poisoning, Zach, or is it booze poisoning? He goes, I can work through hangovers. This one, I'm yeah. curled up in a ball. Yeah, there's a difference. Like, if you drink too much, you, yeah. can, get that, you can get that feeling of uh, food. I've had, I've had food poisoning once in my life. It was not fun for no. about 24 to 36 hours. Yeah, you ain't leaving the bathroom. Yeah. It was, mm-hmm. that was Chinese-induced, though. Yeah, I think, I, I had, think Zach. I had that issue once before. Zach, stopped eating Zach had, restaurant. Uh, he had a, <laughs> yep. Zach alluded to what, you know, you guys are talking, and I've had food poisoning once before, too. Um, Zach alluded to that, what was uh, afflicting him. Yeah. I said, are you, I'm like, you can be honest with me, Zach. Are you sure it wasn't booze poisoning? He goes, yeah. he goes I swear it's not. Like, okay, okay. First time, though, Wisconsin has put up 500-plus yards of offense and 30-plus points in a loss since the 2012 Rose Bowl. There's one stat from Zach. Another one, Tanner Mordecai's 378 yards were fifth most by a Wisconsin quarterback in a single game. Among the top five performances, the Badgers have won just one of those games. (laughs) Like, that is just wild to think about. What's the one they won? I I, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't see him follow it up, and it was one of those I didn't care to go look. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Again, that's like how the whole bowl game was. It was like, eh, okay. Well, but like, I'd still like to know the one they won out of the last those top five passing performances. Hey, we'll, we'll get Zach on tomorrow. We'll ask him. We'll that was him one out. where if LSU wouldn't have went down and scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter, you know, towards the end of the game to to end up taking the lead and winning the game. Yeah, you would have been like, man, that was the Badgers team that I hope I was I was you know, going to see all season right now. Again, yep. LSU didn't necessarily have the, you know, LSU defense that it normally does. It was a pretty bad defense just in general, but the quote unquote air raid looked like it worked like Tanner Mordecai played a game, which you thought he would look more uh, throughout the year. Like, especially like against the the early season opponents where you're playing lesser teams, right? He yeah. could throw for three to four hundred yards, multiple touchdowns. That's what you were hoping to see. So I, I guess it was exciting. The fact that they lost at the end kind of stinks, but Whatever. it's like we've all said it. it's just kind of like it would have been exciting, and they could take it in the off season. Could say you beat LSU right. on a New Year's six, you know, day game. Blah blah blah. That's gonna help in recruiting. But it, it, the loss is just so, eh, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah, it, it's one of those, I, for three quarters of the game, you really liked what you saw. Um, and like you said, the loss just kind of was like, eh. It's so so I, right. I mean, considering and that, almost everybody was expecting a double-digit loss. The fact yeah. that we all feel that way just shows how far bowl season has fallen in the last two, three years. Because we, I think in in most years, if the Badgers would have been playing in a New Year's Six Bowl, we would have been pretty invested. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I was pretty invested in that Rose Bowl against Oregon, you know, with Jack Cohn versus uh, Herbert. Mm -hmm. I I was pretty invested in the TCU Rose Bowl. Like, I I was pretty invested in the other Oregon Rose Bowl. Like, you still don't forgive uh, Lottie. Yeah. Like, (laughs) There were games that they they clearly mattered, and you wanted to win. Yeah. 
or maybe it was like other games where you were playing a certain program where it's like, man, I'd really like to beat insert team here. Yeah. Especially if it was an SEC school. Right. But now here's LSU. Here's a team that recruits in the top 10 every year. Some years, top five. It's a team that's won a national title in the last five years. Mm -hmm. It's a team that has won a number of national titles the last two decades. And it's always a team that competes in the SEC. We didn't even we didn't even care about it. Nope. No, if, and if they would and they were this close to winning, they should have won. They won those bad calls. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like man, two you touchdowns would, off the board in a normal bowl season pre portal and pre COVID, we would have cared about this game. Well, just look at the Ohio State game. I mean, they got beat by what Missouri? Yeah, Ohio State. You have two craps. They did not care one bit. That game was like, why? I was like, why do I even bother watching this? Yeah, that's. Uh, that's pretty much the same. I was like, yeah, like all, like all the all the games that are not the playoffs. You're like, why do why bother? And then you watch the college football playoffs. You're like, this I mean, is they, it. They were playing like this is lit. We're number thirty three. Well, if they if they don't <laughs> care, why am why am I investing in caring? It looked like Wisconsin cared out there though. I mean, yeah, like the, Wisconsin cares about their bowl games, but that Ohio State Missouri game, like who who cares? Like wow. And then you go watch Michigan and Alabama battle it out. That was a game for the ages. And then, you know, big Penix energy. You got Washington taking down Texas. She fell asleep. That was a, I didn't, well, I didn't, I didn't watch all of it either. I'm, I'm going, I was going to bed, dude. Yeah. Like, right, right. you stayed up, Rowdy? Yeah, I was up. Uh, <laughs> I started I started doing the, you know, where you're kind of dozing off yeah. in the, the first half. But then, of course, you go up to your bed, and then you're like, all right, I'm going to try, try and fall asleep. Then you can't fall asleep, so then you're pulling up your phone <laughs> and basically watching it through GameCast, which is so much worse than watching the other – it will the actual TV and, and broadcast, but you know if you go back downstairs and, and sit there and watch the TV, you will fall asleep. Yeah. It's guaranteed. You, you know what I'm pumped about? Darren Ravel lost his first okay. bet of the year. I, I'm glad you said that because I brought this up. RJ sent us this uh, Darren Ravel's first bet of 2024. He says, uh, RJ sent this to us, what, yesterday? Easiest bet of 2024, Wisconsin LSU under 57 and a half. That was blown out of the water like almost immediately. Yeah. And Ravel's like, he, he took it on the chin. That was the easiest bet of the year. Well, Rowdy, much like bowl season, is there a such thing as an easy bet now in this new age of uh, bowl season? We were talking about this a little bit uh, yesterday. I think, obviously, the college football playoffs are probably a little bit easier to gauge because, again, People there's, <laughs> yeah, there's hardly anybody sitting out. And if they are... They're guys that were buried so far on the roster because everyone else is so invested in winning a national championship. Mm-hmm. Outside of those two games, I feel like there was maybe a handful of other games in general where at least one of the teams had maybe five guys or less. Like It's crazy how the standard was teams having at least double-digit number of players not playing. Yeah. yeah. And and they they weren't all just the NFL top 100 picks like it used to be. It wasn't just all the guys that were third, fourth, fifth on the depth chart that were looking to transfer out to play like it kind of started to be the last few years. It was literally everyone. No matter where you were on the roster, you could be a star that was looking to not even go to the NFL draft, but to transfer to a different school. Or you could be a guy that was a lower-level starter 
that that for some reason is looking for greener pastures. It's crazy because it's it's every type of player now putting themselves potentially in the portal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the portal. Well, you know, a lot of people. Uh, I was saying this to Rowdy yesterday. A lot of people um, were kind of half in, half out, like they were doing the hokey pokey a little bit on bowl season. And then after Ohio State, just you know, just rolled out there, didn't care. They're like, college football's in trouble right now. Like they, it is in trouble with bowls, with bowl games. One of our great callers up there in the WKTY listening area, Denny and Holman, they just posted a uh, a meme. It's the Jordan Love apology form. It says, what I said, then circle all that apply. Gutekunst is stubborn and trying to prove a point. He's not the guy. Draft a different quarterback. He's a bust. Start Sean Clifford or Alex Magoo. No heart. No desire to win. Not accurate. Can't throw the deep ball. Those are all that you could circle if you said that. This is I, filling your name here, apologize to Jordan Love and will cheer for his success. Already the Jordan Love apology form is now floating around. Oh, I get funny. it. I still think there's a you know a ways to go for Jordan Love. It's not all of a sudden he's crowned a top ten quarterback, but um, I think there are some people that it's it's trending towards. Yeah, maybe they're going to have to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> so that's making us rounds. If you see it, uh, be sure to fill it out. Especially who who would be the most um, biggest culprit here? The start Sean Clifford camp, Rowdy. Those might be the worst of them. <laughs> The starting Sean Clifford camp might be the worst camp. Well, Sean Clifford, one for one against the Vikings. Because all I really have to say to those people when they said that at the time, right now today, it would basically be quoting the Big Lebowski. You're out of your element, Donnie. (laughs) You're out of your element. I thought it would be like, shut the up, Donnie. (laughs) That could also be said. Uh, here's Jordan Love. Jordan Love got a lot of contributions from many players on offense uh, throughout the season. And uh, most recently against the Minnesota Vikings. Here's Love. Yeah, I mean, everybody was out there executing. Um, we were moving the ball, getting into a rhythm. Um, you know, I was trying to get the ball out of my hand quick and get it to the playmakers um, and let those guys go um, make some moves in space. And that's exactly what we were doing. And the, the run game was was really great tonight. Um, you know, Aaron Jones, AJ, PT, um, you know, those guys battled the whole time. O-line did great. So I think everybody was just executing um, at a high level tonight. Run game, Aaron Jones, 20 carries, 120 yards. Patrick Taylor, 8 carries, 30 yards. AJ Dillon, 7 carries, 27 yards. Uh, for the Sean Clifford guys, two rushes for negative two, sorry. Uh, Bo Melton, though, Rowdy, receiving. Six catches, 105 yards, and a tutty. Jaden Reed, six catches, 89 yards, two tutties. How about that? How about Oof, that touchdown? That was just a thing of beauty. Tucker Kraft, six catches, 48 yards. Romeo Dobbs, three catches, 28 yards. Malik Heath of the catch, 13 yards. Uh, Aaron Jones catching the ball in the backfield for 10 yards. Ben Sims, one catch, six yards. And then Samari Toure uh, as well. So look at the – look at the – Samari Toure, negative six yards. I just, yeah, one. and and a muffed punt. Yeah, so – Samari Toure, you shouldn't even be included. <laughs> Well, how about sharing the wealth for Jordan Love? Um, it was a couple of games ago. I think it was Aikman that had said it's kind of a good thing that they don't have a number one wide receiver. I remember us talking about this, saying, well, you probably would like a number one wide receiver. But uh, he was alluding to there's not a clear-cut guy. Therefore, Jordan Love's uh, building rapport, chemistry with all of them, and is able to 
like the stat sheet says, share the wealth. Well, I think, and I said this earlier when it happened, I think that the Lucas Musgrave injury could be a blessing in disguise because we had been talking about how Tucker Craft leading up to that injury, we're like, how many catches does he even have? Does he have one this year? And it was two catches before the Lucas Musgrave injury. And both of those guys, they spent top 100 picks on. Those were supposed to be your two tight ends of the future, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it felt like they were giving a lot of attention to Lucas Musgrave, and rightfully so. Lucas Musgrave, though being compared by a baby, you know, to like a baby deer, as he's very fast and very athletic, but he kind of maybe like, falls over his own constantly feet. Constantly falling or, forward. You know, yeah, tripping and blah, 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 blah. But I think he proved that he was pretty darn good. But at the same time, I, I mean, Tucker Craft really wasn't getting many touches. He wasn't being featured that much. There there wasn't a whole lot being drawn up for him. I really do think that that Lucas Musgrave injury was a blessing in disguise for the Packers because look at how involved Tucker Craft is. Now you have people saying, man, Tucker Craft looks like he's probably even better yeah. than Lucas Musgraves. And the two of them together as a tandem, man, they're looking pretty darn good. And you know what else? I think we have to go one further when we're looking at the tight end position. Remember who was supposed to be the starter week one of preseason? Oh, um, Tyler the, Davis. Davis. Yeah, Tyler yeah. Davis. Wait, he, ACL? he was yeah, he was also the most experienced tight end on this roster. Remember he had been like a third, fourth tight end in the NFL and with the Green Bay Packers for I think with the Packers specifically, like two two ish years. Mm-hmm. And then he was in the NFL for like a couple of years before that as a third, fourth practice squad type fringe tight end but he was the number one he was the guy with the most experience well he went down with that acl injury preseason game number one so that opened up all the playing or i should say more playing time for musgraves out the gate for tucker craft out the gate even ben sims getting a little bit of a run here and there and he looks like that he's a nice I mean, for an undrafted rookie out of Baylor, looks like a serviceable, nice third-string tight end. You can't tell me that Tyler Davis, who had four years in the NFL, is any better than Ben Sims. (laughs) You can't. And then, obviously, Josiah DeGuara also coming up with some injuries and missing games also helped uh, open up some some spots and playing time for those three. I I really do think those injuries at the tight end position going to pay dividends long term for the Packers. Yeah, and then speaking well, not injury but suspension. We'll hear from Corey Ballantyne now. Corey Ballantyne uh, was asked, you know, he got that interception early on in the game, set up that first touchdown for the Packers. Ballantyne was asked, did he think he might start when Jair Alexander got suspended <laughs> earlier last week? Oh, I had no idea. I, I had no idea till maybe Saturday. Honestly, I, I got some reps during during the week, but I didn't know that I was going to be starting till Saturday, really. So, I mean, and, and that's not the first time it's happened. I'm always ready. I stay prepared as usual. So, um, I mean, that's kind of how this year has been for me all year. So, They've been good, too, man. Uh, Eric Stokes <laughs> injured again, gone. Jerry Alexander suspended. Didn't miss a beat without him. Again, though, Jaron Hall for the Vikings. <laughs> but Ballantyne, not too bad, eh? Yeah, he actually uh, did make some nice plays and had a couple of uh, – balls that he defended pretty well against uh, Justin Jefferson. So, And we were talking this too, like did Joe Barry finally remember the word blitz against the uh, Minnesota Vikings? Preston Smith uh, with a 17-3 lead 
Does Joe Barry then let you blitz? Here's Preston Smith. Guys are causing pressure. Guys are not letting the quarterback be comfortable. He's not letting, letting allowing big plays to happen. There's just a lot of great things happening with the defense today. Preston, what's the best thing you think your defense did tonight? Hey, Mike. Mike Clemens. We didn't give up that many points. You know, we, we held them under 17 points, which is a goal per game, at least 17 points. And, you know, the guys played really well, man, together. Even when adversity struck and, you know, the guys came out there and still played hard. And, you know, we, we, we finished the game strong. How about that, Rowdy? Was that a Joe? How many times did they cut the Joe Barry, by the way, on the broadcast? I thought I saw him like at least three times of them cutting up the Joe Barry and talking about him. A Joe Barry revenge FU game there against the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I mean, they did cut to Joe Barry quite a bit. But, I mean, if you're if you're just on Twitter and you're watching the games in general, there's a lot of Joe Barry over uh, Sunday night. A lot of Joe Barry out there. Oh yeah. Um, uh, let's hear from uh, the opposing cor- well, the opposing first half quarterback, Jaron Hall. Talk about struggling to get things going. Uh, yeah, I, j- I just couldn't get into a rhythm. I you know, couldn't, couldn't, you know, spit the ball around the field consistently. Um, just, just didn't have a good feel on it. Uh, I don't know why that was, you know, but uh, watch the tape and hope we find an answer. That was bad. Like that was, uh, Jaron Hall was like the human white flag. For the Minnesota Vikings out there, that was just, it was tough to watch. Funny in its own way. Uh, Kevin O'Connell talks, the Vikings coach on the loss. Uh, really not much to say other than uh, we got outplayed and, and uh, you know, this all, uh, you know, I got to do a much better job uh, clearly preparing our team um, to, regardless of circumstance, we have to, uh, you know, we, we, we have to play better uh, than we just did. I didn't think it was an effort thing. I think our guys... I uh, came out with a lot of, you know, a lot of energy. Um, just uh, it was a combination of a lot of things. And early on, execution offensively, uh, you know, could have been much better. And, and defensively, um, we we put them on the field far too much. And and uh, Green Bay had some success on offense to, to maintain possession of the football. But um, this is going to be one that, you know, we've really got to take a, a long look at. Um, starts with me, like I said. And, and uh, you know, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to be, you know, the first one out in front of this thing fighting to uh, make sure we don't have any more performances like that. Dude, your playoff hopes are on the line. And you start Jaron Hall. I know I know we won't know, but if Nick Mullins starts that game, Rowdy, what do you think happens? Packers still probably win. I think that Minnesota scores more points, and it'll probably be a little bit more competitive. Uh, with how the Packers played, I think they yeah. they played really well. They were ready to play. Um, I thought that personally, O'Connell probably could have started his presser with like a clip from The Hangover, where they can't find Doug and he what is it, he calls his wife and he goes, "We effed up. We effed up. <laughs> we started Jared Hall. We effed we up." up. <laughs> Vikings fans, how you feeling about it, man? Uh, Eric on I ninety called in and he just said, "Disappointed." Yeah, I don't see how you can be anything but disappointed with that display. Packers, though, yeah, and it's hilarious because everybody on Twitter at the end of the second half or at halftime are like, the Vikings have to turn to Nick Mullins. And, and how and how weird is it for whether it be Viking fans, Packer fans, or just the the general NFL fans that were watching that game that everyone knew, everyone, including the casual fan, knew they had to turn to Nick Mullins because he was by far their best shot. <laughs> That's that's brutal. All right, Relia Quest Bowl in the books. Badgers unfortunately took an L. Again, though, these bowl games have been so devalued. Uh, how many bowls are there? 40, 44, 47? 
Uh, no, there are, what did RJ I say? believe, 42 bowl games 42? for teams that qualify, 43 bowl games with the national championship. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of them been just like, it's on, it's entertaining. Pop-Tarts got their money worth. Uh, Duke's Mayo got their money's worth. Apparently, the ReliaQuest uh, president of that company said he appreciates the opportunity to uh, share what ReliaQuest is. I, I still... I think it's a what a cybersecurity company. <laughs> yeah, I still don't really know or get what they actually yeah. do, but yeah, yeah. Well, internet less. security, sure. Yeah, there you go. I, I think definitely though, when you look back on this year's bowl season, the two bowls that really just hammered the product were definitely Pop Tarts and Duke's Mayo. Oh, and uh, Cheez It, as Kinger says, what about the Cheez It mascot? Yeah, Cheez It's was out there getting it going too, as the mascot was uh, hawking boxes of Cheez Its uh, in the post game. Uh, for the the winner uh, on the season, though, for w- Wisconsin, uh, Luke Fickle uh, it described it as a roller coaster. The word is roller coaster. I'm not saying that a lot of seasons aren't that way, but you talk about the ups, the downs. It's the twists and the turns that you know I think make make it m- the most difficult thing. You know, I've said it. This has probably been the the most difficult stretch of two and a half, three months that I've you know had in coaching. Yeah, I'd say it was probably really difficult for uh, Luke Fickle. I don't know if it was a roller coaster ride, Rowdy. I don't know if it was that much fun of a roller coaster, though. Yeah. It wasn't the new age. It was like the Iron Horse. I don't want to, like, make it even sound harsher than maybe the season even was, but what were the highs? Making a bowl game? Like extending your bowl Beating Beating Minnesota, getting the X back. Okay. Um... What about Locke coming back against Illinois? That was exciting. Illinois wasn't very good. Yeah, if you're on a roller coaster, there's ups and downs. There's moments of fun. What bowl did Illinois play in this year? Uh, they didn't they play didn't. in a bowl. Yeah, they were good. <laughs> uh, on more from Fickle, though. Um, you know, they said that bowl game, there's things that they can build on with it. There's a lot of encouraging things. We'll, we'll, you know, we've... we've Know darn well that uh, we got we got the guys that uh, that we need. We just got to get everybody on the same path. We got to get everybody going the same direction, and that's on the coach. That, that starts with me. Also, oh, the Kinger says on Twitch here, retaining the Freedom Trophy was also a high of the season rowdy against Nebraska. Ah. Yeah, the Freedom Trophy. <laughs> you lost to Indiana. Yeah, that's a low. That's a, that's a low of the roller coaster. And you coaster. didn't even play for any trophy in that game. <laughs> um, Mordec- you, just, you lost more than that game. You lost a little pride with that loss. Yeah, Mordecai went for over 300 yards. The first quarterback for Wisconsin to do so since 2019. Fickle got a little emotional talking about Mordecai. I mean, I, I don't think you can say enough about that kid. Um, I mean, <clears throat> Ooh. everyone's programs, you know, in, in this time, it's tough. To have guys that stick things out, the guy that some people would say come into a place and rent it, uh, there's no rent in that guy. I mean, there was never a hesitation at what he w- wanted to do and what he was going to do. Vickle choking up a little bit about Mordecai. Well, I, so, I did see some some pictures of Tanner Mordecai after the game where he's got the he's sitting almost like it's on like a Gatorade, um, soaking it in, you know, container bin. And he's got the towel over his head, and he just looks kind of dejected and down, and and pretty much like he left it all out there, as everyone else is just kind of walking off the field. Yeah, uh, Fickle said Mordecai went about everything the right way this year, and there was never a hesitation as to what, whether he was going to play in this game or not. And you know, for him to go out and not just play the way he did, but 
practice the way he did, lead the way he did to, to help us move our program forward and, and kind of set an example of what things can look like when you, when you really dive all in. For a guy that did that in one year, I, I, I bottled that thing up, mold it. I mean, it, it's, it is the way to go about your business. Uh, Fickle also says Mordecai is going to play for a long time and wishes he could have one more year with him. He's going to play for a long time. He's going to play for a long time. I'm going to call my buddy and make sure that if, if he does, he better get him on his team because the guy's a winner. I know he didn't win today, but he left it all out there. Um, and uh, I wish I'm not, not one of those guys for sixth and seventh years, but if there was a way, <laughs> I would do everything I could to get him back. Man, Mordecai's got a fan. He's got his guy in his corner, Luke Fickle. Yeah, and unfortunately, it just didn't lead to more wins. And we talked about this at Deeks. If Tanner Mordecai would have stayed healthy, how many wins do you think this team would have had? Because, I mean, they finished with seven wins, mm-hmm. or seven and six. But how many how many more wins do you think this team would have had if Tanner Mordecai was there? And I think we both pretty much agreed. We're like, well, I think for sure they have eight wins if he was 100% healthy. Maybe nine. I really don't know if they get to ten. Um, I, I don't think they do. I think nine would probably have been about the high mark. It's just, you know... Uh, as Fickle said a couple of comments ago, just everyone just couldn't get on the same page. Uh, he says, though, um, a lot of twists and turns in this season, but he is proud of the group. There's just a lot of things, and I, and I probably forget about that being year one is how much you have to go through. But I just think that uh, more than anything, it, it would, it's a roller coaster, and it's not just the ups and the downs. There's a lot of twists and turns in there that just make you find out a lot about yourself and the people that are around you. And uh, that's why I'm so proud of those guys that are in that room right there. That's what I told them. I said, you know, the guys that stuck this thing out, the guys that are in that room need to be really proud. So there you go. Uh, you're one of Luke Fickle, you know, didn't really go as a lot of people would hoped, you know, it was uh, a little disheartening at times, disappointing as well, but you got something to build on. Line one. Good morning. Who do we got? I heard the name Dane and I felt like uh, it needed to be uh, talked about a little bit more. Don't you think? Yeah. Who is this? Is this Heilprin? It is. Zach? Zach Heilprin? Good morning, Zach. What's up, brother? I heard the name Dane. I thought of the goodest boy ever, and then I knew I had to call. Yeah, your dog, Um, Daner, who's a good boy, Daner. Also heard some inaccurate reporting there from Nelly, Uh unusual. Uh Uh-oh. That wasn't Tanner Mordecai sitting there, guy. Oh, it looked like it. Who was it, Zach? He he did have a towel over his head. He didn't, but... But uh, it was uh, Nathaniel Bacos. Oh, the kicker. Yes, yes. Yeah. There's a bright spot of the Badgers. Bacos, there you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he missed a big yeah. kick yesterday, and I'm sure that's why he was looking that way. Because if he had actually made that first kick, they're kicking a field goal to beat LSU instead of having to try and – instead of getting sacked three times in a row. Hey, Zach, um, um, your, you, your phone sounds a little wonky. Could you, could you, could you hang up and call back in? Yeah, I oh, could. There we, there we go. Now it's fixed, my man. Heilprin. How was Tampa, dude? Yeah. It was good. It's good. It's good. Take us very good. Take us through the sights and sounds leading up to the game for all the uh, the events that you were a part of with uh, the Badgers. Yeah, the sights and sounds. Um, a lot of drinking. Are you talking about my sights and sounds? Both. Or are we talking about both? Both. Okay, yeah. Both. Yeah. Uh, lots of drinking. A lot of free booze. They have a hospitality. We talked about this last week. Yep. Got a hospitality room. You get free booze, free food. They had 
hors d'oeuvres every single night. Ooh. They kept it open until like midnight or one o'clock to so watch football in there. It was it was a good time. Uh, in terms of the Badgers, the camp is so spread out that it's not necessarily the, the greatest. They hold everything downtown. Media is out on way out somewhere else. But um, they had. I mean, we went to uh, we went to a bowling alley one night where they were bowling. Um, they also had a chance to go to the beach. And, and run in and do a little how, body surfing. And, how warm was it in Tampa? What was the weather like? It was not warm. Yeah. It was not. It was it was high fifties, low sixties most of the most of the time. It was, the best day was yesterday when it hit. I think it was in the lower seventies. So yeah. we saved the best for the most important day. But was it, it, was, it was good. Zach, what what can we take away and move forward into next year with this uh, Reliac West Bowl? Can you do much with well, it? Well, I mean, what do you want to do? Do you want to take the good or you want to take the bad? I mean, you can be there's there's you can go glass half full, glass half empty on this because of what happened with the defense, right? The defense getting shredded like it did, no pass rush whatsoever, cornerback not able to make plays other than Ricardo Hallman. Or you can take a positive outlook and say, hey, that offense put up 506 yards against a bad LSU team. I'm not going to talk about that, but four, 506 yards with a lot of the guys who are coming back, assuming assuming you can get the type of play from Tyler Van Dyke that Tanner Mordecai gave you yesterday. I don't know if that's realistic, but that offense yesterday is exactly what we thought we were going to see all year, and we didn't see it all year. Yeah. Um, but So, I mean, I think if you want to be glass half full, it's the, the offense, maybe it can work. Maybe this, uh, you know, forcing the ball down the field and, and letting your guys go and make plays is the way to do things, something they did not do pretty much the entire year. Um, and Tyler Van Dyke has the arm to do it. So there's, you, can, you can look at it a couple different ways, I think. And who's, um, who's the new running back that they got coming in from the transfer portal now? Kylie Walker? Yeah. Kid out of Oklahoma, which was funny. We were talking to Jackson Aker yesterday after he had a career high, it was like 86 yards plus that touchdown. And he, the news was still kind of new to him. He was not, it didn't seem like he was expecting it. But he also made it seem like there's a potential position change in his future, um, kind of like an H-back, kind of like they did with Riley Nowakowski this year, because they have eight running backs uh, in that room right now. You're not going to have eight scholarship running backs come fall. I think we could see a guy leave. We could see, could see guys position. But, yeah, uh, that was a bit of a surprise. I don't know exactly what to bring to the table other than experience. And you don't have that for much outside of Chesley Lucy, and can't really count on him to be out there every time. So, Zach, we were looking at your Twitter account this morning. Great follow, by the way, at Zach Halperin. Uh, we were curious because uh, it was um, the first time, or uh, what was it here? Uh, Tanner Mordecai's 378 yards were fifth most by a Wisconsin quarterback in a single game. Among the top five performances, the Badgers have won just one of those games. <laughs> Do you know which game it is that they won in that game? Are you asking Rowdy or are you asking me? You. Because we were trying, we were, we were yeah. trying to figure it out. But I was like, oh, what well, exactly on the line? Yeah, I know you do. That's hit, hit us with it, baby. Jim in 2003, when Lee Evans had five touchdowns. So your your phone cut out there for a second. It was when? Zachy, I think he said Jim Sorgi. Yeah, Zachy's still there, buddy. Yeah, sorry about oh, that. That's okay. Keep you... on, my, my phone keeps on connecting to my AirPods. Unbelievable. What are you um, in the airport right now? 
Yes, I am walking around the Philadelphia airport looking for Ben Kenny, and I, I can't seem to find him. So uh, I think he's crying. Um, I think he's crying into his pillow over the Eagles. So he probably is. Probably is. <laughs> um, but did you get my answer? It was Jim Shorty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two thousand three. You said right. Two thousand three, when Lee Evans had two hundred and something of it, including five touchdowns. Man. Crazy. Um, so, yeah. you know, after the game, obviously we, we heard from Fickle a bit there. I know you heard it too because, I mean, you were there recording it and also on hold there. He, he got pretty emotional, yeah? Like, like speaking of Fickle a bit, was this season, I guess, um, was it disappointing for him? And was that the emotion or was he just that big of a Mordecai guy? I think he's emotional about Mordecai because of what he did because he, you know, came broke his hand, came back very, very quickly, um, you know, couldn't clap. You know, and that's obviously how they <laughs> ball. Yeah. So there, there are. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he loved that emotion. We got pretty much the same thing from Phil Longo on two Wednesday uh, or Thursday when he spoke. It was, gosh, the only thing that I, I hate about the situation is that I don't get him for another year mm-hmm. um, because they felt like, especially towards the end of the year, they kind of felt like they were starting to find something. And we we kind of saw that against Minnesota. They put up twenty eight on Minnesota and. Uh, the passing game was a big part of that. So, yeah, I think uh, I think he's a big Mordecai fan. That said, yes, this, this year's been horrible for him. Yeah. I, I, maybe horrible is too strong. Um, very difficult. He has said it. It's the most difficult that, you know, few months stretch of his coaching career. And um, it's because a lot of things haven't gone right. And quite honestly, a lot of things that he has control over haven't gone right, whether it's communication issues on the sideline, whether you decide to go for it or kick a field goal, whether you have 12 men on the 12 men on the field and don't call a timeout, um, there are just so many situations that he was in this year that a veteran coach, which he is, um, you know, you wouldn't think you'd have that many issues. But again, you know, you look at other coaches around the country have had the same thing. But Luke Fickle kind of stood out a little more because you thought you were getting, um, you thought you thought you were getting more, I don't know, sound game management mm-hmm. as opposed to some of what you had with Paul Christ and that, uh, that, that didn't play out this year, but I, I don't think that's all on him either. I think the staff, his staff has to play a role and he needs to evaluate his staff and whether they have the right guys there um, and whether they are the ones that need to be there yeah. moving forward. Zach, what about the refereeing in that game? Mm. What do you guys even have a chance to like or... ask the refs like how dare you? It's not even like are you guys blind? Yeah. Like like yeah, there, there was no pool report yesterday, but the I mean the, the one where he was on his butt like that that felt incomplete. But the catch in the end zone, I still think his foot was on the white. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when he actually had control of the ball. I I don't know how you could sit there and say confirmed for sure. Um, so. Yeah, that, that 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 was bad. Uh, my understanding is they were Pac-12 refs, yep, and they will no longer have jobs uh, <laughs> through that conference, which is unfortunate, right? Not like Wisconsin's ever been screwed by Pac-12 officials before. Arizona State, 2013. How you doing? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, officiating is always going to be something that jumps out to you. But to me, Wisconsin had so many opportunities <laughs> to overcome those that it's difficult to sit here. Like, there's a lot of games you'd be like. That call changed the game. It's been complete, you know, changed the game. And I don't know that there were those type of calls yesterday, but certainly, certainly that didn't look like a touchdown to me. Yeah. I will say that I will say the one penalty that was called, and it was probably a good call on Michael Furtney, you know, with the hold 
when he hit Vinny Anthony for 46 yards down the middle of the field, that they're up 14 nothing. They get the ball. They would have the ball at the five, potentially going and score there. Maybe that game gets out of hand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And maybe LSU is just not even there. And you know, a few minutes later, it's 14 14. So there are there were a lot of plays that Wisconsin could have made and, and did not make. Last night, for sure. Zach Halpern, sure. our sports director, joining us right now, trekking his way home from Tampa, currently in Philly. About the, are you flying into Milwaukee or, or Madison? Say Madison. Madison. Oh, love it. Zach? Why do, you, why do I have to say Madison? Well, because it's so easy for you. You know, just a little John, quick John home instead of going to Milwaukee. Yep. Eas- easiest airport around. Love Dane County uh, Airport. Zach, Michigan-Washington championship game. How are we feeling about Harbaugh and the Wolverines taking on that big Penix energy in Washington? I, I, I feel like we're all Washington fans. Are we not? I don't know. I, 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 want, I want the FU tour. Yeah, I'm kind of cheering yeah, for I know, Michigan. I know but... what you, yeah, I know. I know you guys are always against the grain, but the guys, I get it. <laughs> I feel like if I just threw on a Big Ten hat, I would be cheering for the winner no matter what. Yep, you could be Rock Lowe with that NFL hat on. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Big Ten. <laughs> right? Big Ten. And then on the yeah. back, it needs in smaller fine print, big stage. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, so when I was growing up, Wisconsin football was not good at all. Mm-hmm. Late 80s, not good at all. Um, so a lot of us had to pick other teams. Where, like, you know, you're a Wisconsin fan, but you also have to pick another team. Washington was my team. I had one of those old school starter jackets, Ooh, the, the purple starter jacket, yeah. and this this big purple starter hat. It was uh, Super the most ridiculous thing ever. If you, I have pictures of it. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. But uh, Washington awesome. was kind of my team. It's kind of my team. So I'm I'm going to pull for Washington. I don't really care for for Harbaugh and, and company, but it'd be it'd be good for the Big Ten if uh, your team actually won it. And uh, I know Washington's going to be in the Big Ten, but they're not there yet. Yeah. Yep. Uh, one more last hurrah till they come into the Big Ten. And Zach, before I let you go, well, the grind don't stop. Are you going to the Cole Center tonight? See a Fran freakout, maybe? Could make an effort. Yeah, we're going to try and see a try and see a fan uh, Fran freakout. Have we had Fran one yet this going. year? Has there been a Fran freakout yet this year? I haven't been hyper focused on Iowa and Fran, but that, that, do you know if there's been a freakout this year? I don't think so. I, I, have, I, I haven't seen any, but you know, Wisconsin kind of brings it out in them. So maybe. Uh, and the Cole Center, for that matter, kind of brings it out of them. So we'll see. I, I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance. These guys, they don't play defense at all. They've had, I think they've had 100 put on them a, a couple times already. Oof. Wisconsin, over under 95 points tonight. I'll take the under. Yeah, I'm probably. As, who's, if you would have said 85, maybe I'd go over. Who's, who's, who's left on an Iowa team that we can hate? Oh, you still have a you still have a there's little there's a McCa- have, there's a little yeah, McCaffrey, you have a little right? one. Yeah, there's still a little McCaffrey, right? Yep. Okay. I think there's even one that's still in high school. I think you're right. Yeah, he's already he's already said he's not going to play for Iowa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> and Zach, I'm going to be moving on before before I let you go, my man. Uh, how about that uh, nice little Packers win New Year's Eve Ooh. over the Minnesota Vikings? Ooh, baby. We were sitting there just waiting for it to turn the other way. We're sitting in the hospitality room and just like, you know, they're gonna get they're gonna get Nick Bones back in here and this defense is gonna is gonna fade. It didn't fade. No. And Jordan Love is him. He is, is that guy. He's that dude. Mm-hmm. Zach, you are also yeah. him. We love you, buddy. Thanks for uh, calling in uh from the bowels of Philadelphia. You make it home safe now, okay? We miss you. We can't right. wait to see you. Let me be the first to it to I'm sure the first to ever say this to you guys, but uh have to Oh, oh, I forgot. On Friday, we gave out awards. You won. Yeah. You won 
Uh, what was the what was it? Best hairstyle of the zone. <laughs> you want you want best Where's hair of the zone. Uh, I'm work, working on black? it. We're working on it. We're working on it. Yeah, it's still at the engravers. Yeah. We're trying, to, we're trying to really get you that know, a smooth shine on that uh, uh, on the guy of the tough. award. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. Did you win any awards? The yeah, most handsome. Rowdy won. Um, Rowdy won. What, what did you win, Rowdy? It was best beard. Rowdy won best beard. Grant won best mustache. There's a lot of good ones out there. A lot, a lot of good hairs there for sure. I you know. I'm jealous of Rowdy's <laughs> award. If only I could grow a beard. You grow a nice beard too, Zach. We love you, buddy. All right, guys. Fly safe. Later. See you. Man.